0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Last week at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, Kansas State rolled to a 34-17 victory over West Virginia. It was Kansas State's fourth straight victory on the season as the Wildcats are surging towards the top of the Big 12 standings. Meanwhile, down in Waco, Texas, the Baylor Bears derailed Oklahoma's national title hunt, if there ever was one, with a nice, solid win over the Sooners, showing that Baylor is indeed a contender for this season's Big 12 title. Welcome, everyone, to the Powercat Pre-Game Podcast. I am Tim Fitzgerald of Go Power Cat.com. And Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, these two teams, two of the hottest teams in the Big 12 Conference, will meet to decide who will continue to rise in the standings in the Big 12. Kansas State right now, in a shocking development after losing their first three games of the Big 12 season, are 4-3 and three in the conference, and the Cats could finish as high as third in the conference standings with a couple of wins to finish off the regular season. Baylor, meanwhile, needs a little help, but the Bears are still vying for a shot at a Big 12 title. First, they need to get there. They need to win out their schedule and also get another loss by Oklahoma. But the Sooners have Iowa State and Oklahoma State to close out their regular season. It is an enormous game for both programs as the ball will be teed up at 4 p.m. Yeah, you heard that right. 4.30 p.m. And being shown on FS1. Folks, we've got a jam-packed show for you today. We've got the usual subjects, but boy, we're going to go into some depth about this game. And I am really fired up about this contest because it is enormous. Wrap your mind around this. When Kansas State was 3-3 and at the midway point of the season, so many fans were ready to jump off the bandwagon if they were even on it. Some were even calling for a coaching change, which was absurd at the time, considering Kansas State had just lost to three of the better teams in the conference. Should they have won? one of those? Probably, but they didn't, and now the Wildcats have recovered by rattling off wins over Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, and West Virginia, and the competition gets even better this weekend. Baylor is literally one of the biggest surprises in all of college football this season. K State was picked to finish seventh in the preseason standings, and Baylor was picked to finish eighth. So these two teams are playing with house money right now. Nobody expected this game to be so meaningful in week 11, but that's exactly what we have coming up at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. We have a lot in store for you on today's show. Joining me shortly will be Go Powercat's own Ryan Wallace. He helps us out with team coverage, also covers football recruiting by Kansas State. Make sure you check out his coverage by getting a subscription to GoPowercat.com. Wally and I will dig into this Baylor-K-State matchup, and after the first break, I will be joined by former Kansas State player Brian Hanley. He was an offensive lineman on the 97 and 98 teams, and he will Help me dig deeper into this contest. And then, of course, we wind it up in our third segment with our interview portion of the show, and we bring in our own Ryan Gilbert to talk about the odds and the spread on this game and all the action in the Big 12 as we take kind of a fun look around the conference to wind up the show. But we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat Pre-game podcast and now we bring in our own Ryan Wallace to talk about this huge game Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium between the Cats and Bears and Wally right off the bat how good is Baylor uh pretty good (laughs) uh I mean I'll
2: be I'll be honest I've sort of developed over the course of certainly this year has kind of magnified it um and I think maybe Gary Bohannon at quarterback is is partially you know, a lot, I guess I should say a lot of the reason, um, but even maybe going back to last year, watching Baylor against K state and then seeing how this team has, you know, gone on to develop off over the off season. And then of course, during this year, uh, Fitz, I kind of have grown to have a little bit of a big 12 crush on Baylor. They're really fun to watch. Uh, I think more so even defensively for me than offense, because they just swarm to the ball. They're uber athletic. Uh, They run the same sort of system that I think K-State kind of wants to run, but with just an upper echelon of athlete. And so then when you factor in the Tristan Ebner, Abram Smith, Gary Bohannon backfield, and then these uh, speedy wide receivers that they have, they're just a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And uh, without question, the strongest team that K-State will have seen since Iowa State. And I would even go a step further and say probably the most athletic team K-State has seen since Oklahoma.
1: I agree with all that. And on top of that, Dave Aranda, I mentioned this on my walk and talk on Tuesday. He kind of reminds me of Bill Snyder. And and I know that's that might feel like a reach, but we're talking about longtime coordinators who were highly respected as coordinators who passed on opportunities and honestly took a job that others didn't quite understand why they were taking that one. I think everyone thought Aranda would just wait on an SEC job, and he ends up in Waco, Texas, where he didn't really have any ties. And he just has this calm, thoughtful demeanor about him that reminds me of Coach Snyder. And the way he's constructing his team – Also, kind of reminds me of Coach Snyder, a defense that's really fun and attacking. And just some playmakers out there just going out and they're playing a fun brand of football, like you mentioned. And I knew that when Gary Bohannon beat out Jacob Zeno, a quarterback, he must be pretty good because I liked Zeno. I thought he was going to be a really good quarterback for the Bears. And this dude roars in and he is just tearing it up, averaging Two hundred and eight yards passing a game, sixty-four percent. But he's just dynamic, and he's he, that word gets thrown around. But man, you watch the plays he made against Oklahoma and that huge win the Bears had last weekend. He just has a sense for making the play, and when you got a quarterback like that, you got a pretty good football team.
2: Well, and he's super dangerous too. I mean, I would probably say. He's the, you know, the most dangerous quarterback as far as a dual threat that K-State has, you know, kind of prepared for this season since, you know, maybe Jason Bean. And then again, you know, Jason Bean is nowhere near the level of talent that Gary Bohannon is. And K-State didn't really get a chance to see a whole heck of a lot of Bean because obviously he was injured um, and he was kind of banged up, I think, going into that game and then wound up only playing, what, about a quarter um, for Kansas and the sunflower showdown this year. So, you know, with Bohannon prior to the Oklahoma game, I think most everybody was most impressed with him as a passer because I think coming out of high school, you know, he was an elite 11 kid. So he was highly decorated coming out of high school, but I think everybody sort of figured, you know, that he was, he was as, uh, talented or he was as coveted, uh, coming out of high school, uh, as much as for anything as for, for his athleticism. Um, but he had really transformed himself. I felt like since he's gotten to Waco as a passer, and then it was like against Oklahoma, he reminded everybody what he can do outside the pocket, because for much of this season, as I said, he's had Tristan Ebner, he's had Abram Smith, who's the big Twelve's leading rusher right now. And so he hasn't been needed to do anything, but when he gets outside the pocket and a, and a play breaks down, um, he's better than max Duggan. um, Who's, you know, I think well thought of as a runner, a little bit different style. Um, You know, he's Maybe a Spencer Rattler, although Spencer Rattler is one of those guys that probably prefers to stay in the pocket a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I guess by and large, he's just unlike any, any quarterback K-State has prepared for to this point other than Jason Bean, but he's a lot more dangerous, a much bigger threat because of how much more well-rounded as a quarterback he is.
1: And one thing you notice when you look at the depth chart with the Baylor Bears, they're just littered with seniors, fifth-year seniors, sixth-year seniors. This is a really experienced football team, and it's that level of experience that I think has just elevated them. I mean, both their, their running backs are seniors, Ebner's a fifth year, and Smith's a a regular senior. They're just loaded. They've got depth along that offensive line. They've got like three or four positions with an oar on their offensive line, and almost all of those guys in the oars are seniors. It's incredible how much you look on the defense side, I think there's seven or eight seniors starting. If Aranda stays after this year and sticks in Waco with losing so many seniors, he's there for good. But I think if he, he gets up and leaves after year two, it'll be in big part because it's going to be a total rebuild in in Waco. He did inherit some talent on this team and has put it to good use. But man, what an experienced football team that's coming to Manhattan to test K-State. And, and honestly, I don't like the matchup particularly well.
2: No, and I mean, you you hit on some of the guys on the offensive side of the ball, but you know, for me, I feel like it's this defense where you really get to see some of these seniors veteran seniors at that truly shine Jalen, Petrie, Carol, um Dylan Doyle, who's a transfer from uh, Iowa. Um, I don't know if he's a senior or not, but again, a guy that's played a, a whole heck of a lot of football, um, you know, Eka at, at deep nose, tackle is going to be a tremendous challenge A transfer that they got from LSU but a lot of those guys uh, have just played a a ton of football and they're extremely dynamic at their positions and well-rounded at their positions. I mean, there's not an area that Jalen Petrie, doesn't excel at, you know, it's not, he's, uh, it's not like K state where you might have Jeron McPherson and say, well, he's, he's really good coming down into the box, but you know, maybe he's not as good as a rust Easton coverage. All of these guys at Baylor are well-rounded. They are the total package of their positions. Um, and so I, I'm with you. I don't think it's a great matchup for K state. It, it feels a lot like Oklahoma state in the sense that I remember when we were talking during pregame of that matchup fits, we said, it's a good thing. The K-State seeing Oklahoma State now as opposed to later. It's the same way with Baylor. You almost wish with, you know, some of the uh, offensive line issues that they had to kind of gel out early on in the year. Um, Also, you know, working in a new offensive coordinator they brought over from BYU. It just feels like a team that maybe you would have rather seen earlier in the year and not in the second-to-last regular season game when, oh, by the way, you know they, they're they playing for a spot in the Big 12 championship game at this point. So a very, very highly motivated team.
1: That's interesting you bring that up because that was a topic of this week's Cat Questions podcast was the order of the schedule. Would you rather have it a different way? And at the end of the day, it did suck that K-State had to open against three really good teams. But I, I know this. Um, I'm not happy about catching Baylor late, and I – I probably wouldn't have wanted Texas early because they were much better. So I don't know how you reshuffled the deck in the Big 12 and and really changed the dynamics of your schedule that much because Baylor was pretty good at the start of the year too. Uh, they almost wanted Oklahoma State. That was one of their early losses. Uh, but they, they were knocking off Iowa State early in the year, and they just keep getting better and better. And honestly – Wally, yeah, I think we're headed towards a Baylor Oklahoma State Big Twelve title game if Oklahoma State can just hold up in the in Bedlam because I, I think they're better than Oklahoma. I think this is really good for the new conference to have Baylor and Oklahoma State in this standing right now as we head down the home stretch. And I just think it's interesting. K State opened with Oklahoma State, and second to last they get Baylor, and they're getting them when they're both pretty good.
2: Yeah. And I guess if you're looking for, you know, a way to motivate K state, obviously just beating Baylor, given the stature of where the bears are in the standings and in the rankings is, is probably, you know, enough to get this locker room, you know, juiced for this one. Obviously they're riding a big win streak, but I think it might also help the way that K state lost at Baylor last year um, to have that field goal go in and, and the Bears celebrate uh, a season where they weren't really able to celebrate a whole heck of a lot. Um, uh, you know, and, and if you go back and watch the game, it really felt like K state's offense for the most part did a lot of things well. Um, and so, and still weren't wasn't able to win because Baylor just crucified the K state defense on a lot of these underneath, um, you know, receiving routes and just, you know, slowly chuck the ball down the field with Charlie Brewer, where I think if you're K-State this year, not only is it senior day, not only are you going to be, you know, riding this win streak, but I think you've got maybe a little taste of revenge um, that you'd like to give the bears uh, this time around. And again, specifically Joe Klanderman's defense, because I, you know, I think that if, if, you were to go back and sit in a room with them right now, that's probably game tape certainly in the second half that they, you know, probably regret a little bit and probably want to wash their mouths clean up.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was not a good day for the Wildcats. A surprising what I felt was an upset at the time with Baylor struggling last Mm -hmm. year, but finding a way to win. And now this team's going so good. And I think it's a good sign for K state fans to understand that, Hey, Baylor struggled just a year ago. And then they built off of that into what could be, uh, a Big 12 championship season, I almost I, I view them as maybe uh, the best team in the conference. I love the way this team's put together, and yet I, I like that K-State's getting them now. I know they're better now, but so is K-State, and I think K-State has a tremendous understanding of who they are, what they are, what they want to accomplish in all three facets of the game, and we saw that last week against West Virginia. Was that the most complete performance Kansas State's put together this season?
2: Probably so. Probably so, you know, there was a, there was a point in the game when, you know, I, I wondered a little bit, you know, man, if if there was anybody else under center, is it a different West Virginia team? You know, do they make enough, uh, you know, conversions or plays where, you know, that this game becomes a little bit more interesting And it seemed like right after that thought kind of went through my mind, K-State would make another play where it had nothing to do with Jared Dagey. It was just K-State being better. And uh, so, yeah, I I think by and large it probably was the best game. I thought TCU was an awfully good showing. But, again, I think that was a TCU team that we maybe underestimated how much was going on behind the scenes where that team just wasn't They were distracted. West Virginia was not distracted. Um, And I think, you know, obviously K-State was motivated for that one, just to be able to put the Mountaineers behind them um, after they had been on the losing end of, of so many games with West Virginia. But at the same time, that was a really good defense last week uh pretty athletic in their own right. Um and an offense that had enough firepower where it could have been a totally different story and K State just absolutely, you know, put their foot on the gas and never looked back.
1: I will be intrigued to see if Kansas State can move the ball on this very good Baylor defense. Because Wally, I'm beginning to get the feeling that Skylar Thompson and his offensive line and the weapons he has, including Deuce Vaughn, they figured out how to do this. And they figured out who they are, what they need to do, and how they can move the ball against defenses no matter how what the level is It starts with an offensive line that has come a long ways and i I continue to think that um, Connor Riley is the MVP of the coaching staff right now because he 's constructed an offensive line you know that was left decimated going into last season, and now they 're so good and they 're doing a great job protecting Skyler and running the ball both in the, at the same time. It's a really multiple offense right now for Kansas State that's proving to be effective.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, probably the way that K-State's going to have to do it is I think this is a game where, uh, you know, even though it's senior day for Skyler Thompson, he's going to need to be effective as he always is and accurate, not turn the ball over. But I think a lot of it rests, as you said, on this offensive line and the running game. You know, they need Ducevon to be really good in this game. You need Joe Irvin to be productive in this game. And the reason I say that is because, you know, not only is the interior uh, of Baylor's defensive line, very strong. I think Noah Johnson, Josh Rivas, Ben Adler are going to have their hands full with, you know, a and B gap kind of stuff. Um, but then if you try and get to the outside, as I said, Baylor is so athletic. Um, that they're very good at at open field tacklers. And so I think it rests on, you know, K-State really trying to hit right off the tackle and and just trying to be consistent. It might be a game where K-State fans want to see a more dynamic brand of offense. But I think Courtney Messingham understands, you know, what's going to work and what's not. And so it, it might just be as simple as continuing to pound the ball off tackle and just hoping you pick up, you know, two yards here, three yards here, two yards here, three yards here, and maybe that can open something else up. Because like I said, this is a just such a balanced defense that I don't think you're just going to be able to come out and either, you know, a run all over them or b just throw a deep and be able to have success. It is going to be a little bit of a chess match. And it is going to be one of those where, you know, you're going to have to take some one, two, three yards, kind of chunks to just keep trying to convert, but they really need Deuce Vaughn. They really need this offensive line to win the line of scrimmage and try and get Deuce again, you know, probably not nine, 10, 11 yard games, like we're used to seeing, but just stay positive and, and, and try not to take, you know, any any runs that are going to end behind the line of scrimmage.
1: Right. The longer you have the ball, the less they have the ball. Yes. And when you flip it around, um, this might be the best running game from quarterback to running backs that K-State has seen all year. And it's going to be a significant challenge for this three-man front.
2: Yeah. And the, the thing that scares me about, you know, Baylor's offense is, you know, watching them against Oklahoma. Not only do you have to worry about Gary Bohannon getting outside. And obviously, like I said, some speed on the outside. R.J. Smead is a scary guy. Tyreek Thornton has been tremendous. Um, and he was a kid coming out of high school that was extremely fast. Uh, he's a South Florida kid. And so, you know, that, you know, it seems like everybody that comes out of South Florida, you're born running a four, two or four,
1: uh, three. I would like that- to make you a correction. I was born in West Palm beach. I, I cannot, um, I, I can't run a four, two. Mm, I can't run a ten oh. two. Yeah, uh, let's uh, well, uh, we'll just leave that.
2: <laughs> oh boy, point point taken. Uh, no, but the thing that that did make me a little nervous watching the Oklahoma win uh, for Baylor last week was how often they were able to and how often they want to stretch on the run play, and so that means you've got to get your linebackers outside, being able to cover sideline to sideline. And it means you've got to have defensive backs that are not only to get being able to get off, ta- uh, get off blocks, but make open field tackles. And that's not been something I think that's been K-State strong suit. I do think they're a whole hell of a lot better this year than they were doing that a, a season ago. I think it's a more sound tackling unit, but at the same time, as we know, th- these aren't linebackers other than maybe Daniel green um, that are athletic enough to do that over the course of a game. And so, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, it's going to come down obviously to, you know, guys like Nate Matlack, you know, Felix and Uzama being able to try and contain the edge, but then also those safeties um, and even guys like Julius Brents and echo Boydo being able to get off blocks and again, try and try and limit, try and funnel uh, Tristan Ebner and Abram Smith. So they're not uh, able to get all the way to the sideline because with their speed, the more you allow them to stretch the field horizontally, um, the better chance they have to stretch it vertically. And that's not going to be good for K-State's defense, nor a K-State offense that, as we've already said in this pregame segment, you know, they're going to struggle enough moving the ball. You
1: can't get too far behind on the scoreboard. No. And, you know, I went back and watched that Baylor-Oklahoma game. I was just blown away by the way Baylor kind of just controlled that game. They couldn't get away from Oklahoma until the second half. uh, And it At 27-14, it doesn't look like it was a blowout. But on the field, it just felt like Baylor dominated Oklahoma physically on both sides of the ball. That should set off an alarm bell if you're a Kansas State fan that this is a pretty damn good team because Oklahoma did whatever it wanted to offensively in Manhattan with what turned out to be their backup quarterback. And neither quarterback could move the ball against Baylor. And Baylor got enough done with its running game, particularly the quarterback run game, as we've mentioned. That, that was impressive. Wally, what they did last week was really impressive. Yeah. And I'm so, several
2: times I caught myself and I think even Joel Klatt with Gus Johnson on that call even mentioned, uh, there were a couple different times where it felt like Baylor probably could have and should have converted. Um, and you know, they just missed, uh, there was a, a double reverse that they ran. I remember where I think it was RJ Snead. If he just held onto the ball, probably would have gone for a touchdown and for whatever reason, you know, maybe it was just a brain lapse or maybe he was just trying to, you know, execute the play by to its design. He ended up pitching it back to Gary Bohannon. Bohannon uh, thought about throwing it, decided to run. I think they ended up taking, you know, a slight loss, but you know, it was that type of play where I'm watching it as a Kansas state um you know, follower, fan, whatever, you're you're going well, Oklahoma was able to, you know, break that play down. um, Even if Baylor had a brain lapse, I don't know if K-State would have applied the same pressure that Oklahoma did. And so, yeah, that's where uh, I do get a little nervous is because even on the plays that didn't work for Baylor last week, they were still there.
1: Baylor's 8-2 and two on the season, 5-2 and two overall. To give you a little glimpse of how experienced this Baylor team is, you look at the back end of their defense, their star, which I that position I assume is like their nickelback based on the size. Senior, cornerbacks, senior, senior, safeties, senior, senior. They are coming to town with a bunch of old men ready to beat up on the little kids from K-State, and we will see how it plays out because this is a tough matchup, but K-State has come a long ways in the last four weeks, haven't they?
2: They have, you know, it's just it's going to be, you know, I hate saying this because it's so cliche, but it's going to have to be one of those games that K-State wins in K-State fashion where you can't turn the ball over, which is easier said than done because this is a Baylor team that leads the conference in interceptions with 11 um, you know, and they're very efficient, even though they're not, you know, highly decorated, maybe statistically and as an offense or a defense, um, they're well-rounded their, their efficiency ratings on both sides of the ball are very strong. So again, I think it's going to be one of those games. K state's got to win special teams. K state has to limit their turnovers. Hopefully you fluster, fl- fluster Baylor, um, as a crowd, as a home crowd, where maybe penalties start to, impact, you know, the game a little bit, maybe their starting field position. Isn't as, isn't as beneficial as it has been. And uh, earlier in this season, that's the kind of recipe I think K-State needs. Uh, and I think maybe getting Baylor in a, in a little bit of a dogfight where the pressure is really on. I feel like K-State thrives in those situations, certainly at home at Bill Snyder family stadium. Um, you know, maybe that's the type of environment this time, you know, last year it worked because Baylor was at home. Maybe when they're the road team and they're the favored road team at that, you know, let's see let's see how they handle that type of scenario. That's to me the recipe for a victory for K State.
1: Well, I would agree with all of that. His name's Ryan Wallace and he helps us out with football team coverage. He also is in charge of our football recruiting coverage and does a kick butt job with that. Ryan, I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Fitz. That will be it for the first segment of the Powercat pregame podcast. Waiting on the other side is our own Brian Hanley, our football analyst and former K-State player in 97 and 98. This is gopowercat.com's Powercat pregame podcast and we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company.
0: gopowercat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
1: And welcome back to the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I am Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Make sure... You are following along with our podcast. Subscribe to our podcast at whatever podcast provider you use. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, on down the list. Also, make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. Hop on over there and look for Go Power Cat. All of our daily deliveries appear there, typically, and so do my walk and talks. They also appear at GoPowerCat.com. Joining me in just a second will be former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley as we continue to preview Saturday's game between Kansas State, and Baylor, 4.30 p.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. And now we bring in Mr. Brian Hanley. Brian, I appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Uh, K-State is rolling. Four wins in a row. Uh, Baylor lost a week ago or 2 weeks ago TCU in a really shocking game i thought i couldn't quite right. i can't it's one of those games you just you go back and watch it and you, i can't explain what's going on in this game because Baylor's really good and Baylor showed it this past week by just dominating Oklahoma and yep. here we are in uh you, you know Almost done with the season. We're down to two conference games. Oklahoma 6-1, Oklahoma State 6-1, Baylor and they have to play. Still Baylor's 5-2, Iowa State and Kansas State is 4-3. I got to be honest here. This league is kind of shaking out the way I thought it would be. Texas is is much worse than I thought they'd be and Baylor's slightly better. But uh this is a really really important test for Kansas State against the Bears.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Last week, I know we called for it. It was a must have. I don't think this is necessarily a must have game. But again, it's a program, a program test, you know, to see where you are program gauge may be a better word to to gauge where you're at because you're right. Baylor's really, really good. And but I think K-State is really good. You know, we're playing really well. You know the the games that we lost are against. Uh, we can say what we want about Iowa State and, and their typical Iowa State, but Iowa State still has a lot of talent on that football team. They just do. And K State is right where we need to be. So a, a, a win on Saturday propels us to to heights that I'm not sure a lot of people thought that we could get to this year. Uh, and I think right. it's. Wonderful. Just think, it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. This team was picked for seventh in the conference. Uh, they're they're not going to finish seventh. They could finish as no. high as third. They've been eliminated from the Big Twelve title game. There's no way to overcome uh, tiebreakers with either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State because you lost the head to head. But um, I think we're on course. I don't know for Oklahoma State and maybe Baylor, but Baylor's got to beat K-State. This is an enormous game for coach Dave Aranda and the and the Baylor program because getting to the Big 12 title game after beating Oklahoma in in the course of the season would just be enormous for that football program. Meanwhile, Kansas State is flirting with A high finish in the conference. They've won four in a row. They could get to five wins, which means you're going to have a winning Big 12 season. There's so much at stake in this game, and it really comes down for me how these guys going to mentally handle this game, who's going to be most mentally prepared for it.
3: Yeah. Cause there's going to be a physical football game. So you're exactly right. The the mental aspect uh, comes into play when it gets physical and you get tired and you get beat up. The mental aspect is what's going to come to light. Um, guys going to have to be mentally tough, not have pre-snap penalties, you know, not get lazy with footwork and stuff like that and, and have holding penalties when you're out of position. It's going to be one of those games to where the mental side, as much as the physical physical side. I mean, but that's going to kind of goes without saying, but the middle side is going to, going to be huge and how they, they, they stack up, I think will be key because I think the K-State guys are going to think, you know what? Baylor's supposed to be really good, but I think that we're really good. And This is a good measuring stick to see where we are and to come out fired up, coming out ready to play.
1: I agree. This team does feel really good about itself, and it's that uh, level of confidence that they're exuding right now. Everything about them expresses a a good team, even if I do truly believe Baylor's more talented. And honestly, Brian, I don't think it's that close. They're just loaded with experience. I was speaking with Brian Wallace in the first portion of the podcast They've got like seven senior starters on defense and like eight on offense. And by seniors, I mean they're they're listed as senior, fifth-year senior, or sixth-year senior because of the pandemic season. They have some old men over there that are going to play against some younger guys at K-State. But confidence can win the day, and self-belief certainly can carry you. And I think K-State is playing its best football right now.
3: Absolutely playing our best football right now. It took them a little while to get there, but we're here and just got to keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. And Baylor does have a lot of experience. They do. Uh, they have a really good football team. You know, there's no question about that. Having said that to counteract it, they have more talent. But is the talent always in the positions of, you know, you can have a lot of talent, but where is the talent? You know, it's like a guy that has a talented punter. Well, okay, that's great that you have the best punter in the country, but is that really going to affect the game? Now, I'm not saying that that's the case with Baylor. I don't want to misconstrue anything. But I think at certain positions, K-State does have an advantage. It's not all positions. and It's not collectively. But at certain key positions, I believe, for instance, our quarterback, I believe, is better. You know, at, at positions, I believe that we have the advantage. We just have to take advantage of that.
1: I would agree. And I'm not sure I agree with you on the quarterback assessment. I like Bohan a lot. He's He's got a little Michael Bishop in him. He's not the same dynamic runner, but he's got that kind of – I don't, what am I trying to say here? He just is a little helter skelter at times because he's so damn athletic. And he showed that against Oklahoma with the run game, but he he just loves to sling it. Also, he's a fun quarterback to watch.
3: He is. He is a fun quarterback to watch. The reason I say that I'm not just not sure he's as accurate as you need them to be, you know, as a quarterback to be, you know, Michael Bishop wasn't accurate his junior year. Senior year, he became a lot more accurate, and I think Skyler is a lot more accurate. I'm not saying he's a better athlete or it can run the ball or the, or anything like that. I just believe at the quarterback position, as far as accuracy and getting the ball where it needs to be, I think he's better. Having said that, they, I mean, he, the quarterback he's extremely athletic. I mean, he is, it's going to be a handful for us to keep him under control. You know, it's going to be a handful having, but I think we, we have the scheme and the players to be able to, to slow him down. We're not going to be able to stop him. So I mean, if we think that we're going to stop him, that's not the case, but slow down, keep con- under control. Yes.
1: Well, I'm going to be really intrigued by this game because this Baylor defense is so good, so fast, but I feel like K-State's offense has found itself, and I feel like they— truly believe and are capable of moving the ball against anyone, and a big part of that is the cerebral part of the game that Skyler is bringing now, getting the team into the right plays at the right times, like changing the play in the huddle that came in and, and going to the Sammy Wheeler pass down the seam that was just perfectly executed. Is K-State going to have to take chances against this dynamic Baylor defense? Which, by the way, just clowned a really good Oklahoma offense. Just made them look they did. Just disoriented and and out of sorts the entire game in that 27 14 win. Are they going to have to be dynamic and go for it, or are they just going to have to be so rock solid and possess the ball and, and try to just kind of bleed out this game on Baylor?
3: Well, I think it's a combination of both. They are going to have to possess the ball uh, and and sustain drives, but Fitz, you've been calling for it. I've been calling for it. It's the second to last game of the year at some point. Let's empty the playbook. Let's empty the playbook. And this is the game where we got to do it. We're going to have to pull out because this is going to be a test. Baylor is really good. I mean, just watch them on film. They're really good. Let's empty the playbook. Let's throw things at them that they haven't seen run a whole bunch of, even at the beginning of the game, a bunch of scripted plays. that They haven't seen let's empty the playbook. And having said that again, the, the emptying the playbook doesn't mean that you have to score a touchdown on trick plays and stuff like that. It just means you're going to do a lot of different things that you've practiced that you haven't put into the game yet. Let's do that. Sustain drives and keep their offense off the field. You know, I think that's going to be part of it, but it's, it's time. We can't, we're not, I'm telling you right now, we're not going to win the game being conservative. I can can assure you of that. That's not going to happen. So if we're going to be conservative, we might as well chalk it up in the loss column, which I don't think the coaches are going to, I think this is the week that they finally say, let's open it all up.
1: You know, these coaches came from a system at North Dakota state where they were just better than everyone. And right. And they didn't really have to get too creative with play calling cuz they could man up and beat people. This will be a really interesting test for me to see if they've acclimated themselves in year 3 to what it takes at Kansas State. You're probably not going to have the more talented team when you line up, you just right. not. It's a recruiting reality at Kansas State. You're going to have to be better prepared and and find those nooks and crannies in your playbook that Need to be explored for the particular game. And this is one of them. Brian, I've said this, I think, what is this game? uh, 11 of the season. I think I've said this nine times. This is a huge game. This is an enormous, <laughs> and I'm not talking just because they can get, you know, they can get their record to eight wins, and then maybe go to Texas next week, and probably should get nine wins, and go to a bowl game, and maybe get an unexpected tenth win. If if Chris Kleiman can get double digit wins in year three, a lot of naysayers better sit down and shut up. Uh, oh my goodness! But uh, even to be in the ballpark right now of the eighth win after losing your first three games of the conference shows what a quality coaching staff this is and how they've crafted this football team, which I will still say is under-talented for what it needs to be in the Big 12 from top to bottom, but they're getting the most out of it, and it's been impressive.
3: Well, look, I mean, it's just what you said, Fitz. K-State does not have the most talented roster. It's just, I mean, it just doesn't. Having said that, you can find ways to, again, to attack and to defend in ways to your benefit, to where you can win football games, you know, and that's what we're doing right now. You know, so I think to, to look at it in that, that aspect fans, we have to be happy at at where we're at. We have to be happy because at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure there were many people. Now, again, we got to win. We got to go win these games, but I don't think that there was a whole lot of people that thought we would have the opportunity to even be at the eight win, the nine win mark. I think people thought, well, first of all, people didn't think Baylor was going to be any good. And we always give Texas a ball game minus last year. So I think they may have thought, okay, at the end of the year, we're trying to get to six wins you know, trying to get to to that level. Well, we're past that. And I really think that, you know, this is an opportunity. And you're right. It is a big, big week. It's a big week to say, you know what, we're better. The program is better than what we anticipated. We're past this point. You know, we're not mediocre. We are, last year was an aberration. You know, we're not that. We are better. And the K-State program is better. And look, here's Baylor, highly ranked, highly skilled highly talented but you know what we can go and beat them and we beat them that is should be the motivate for the players should be the motivation for everybody to just say this is where we are we're a better program than what everybody thought that we are let's take a step back coaches are doing a good job and then let's capitalize with
1: recruiting and keep keep moving well baylor has a lot at stake here they are in great position to be in the Big 12 title game. All they need is another loss from Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's got Iowa State, Oklahoma State back-to-back. That'll be a challenge. If Baylor can come to Manhattan and win, they go home and close the season out, regular season out, with Texas Tech. They will probably be in the Big 12 title game. And that would be an enormous statement for the Baylor program. K-State, as I mentioned earlier, has been eliminated from getting into the title game because they're two games back of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, who they both have lost a tiebreaker to. But this Baylor team is going to come in locked and loaded and focused. They're not going to catch a West Virginia or maybe a Texas next week that has something else on their mind. This team is pinpoint, laser focus on what it needs to do, and that ups the ante quite a bit in this game, and I'll be fascinated to see if K-State answers that bell from the very start, because sometimes, Brian Hanley, I hate to say this, in the games against the best opponents, K-State kind of turns its shoulders a little bit. They don't take on the hit full on. And, and it, it's bothered me. It's time to line up and play with a really good team.
3: Well, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier is this is your barometer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're supposed to be bigger or they're supposed to be better. They got more, better players, more talent, you know? And so it's time to see you measure up. And if you take a step side, sideways, and I'll, I'll be frank with you, it's kind of what you said. If we, if we take a step back and we, and it's not a good game and we get whipped, that's well, I'll be disappointed to say the least. I'll be disappointed because this is a chance to, to prove something to, to, for lack of anything other than that. This is a chance. This is a chance for you to prove who you are as a program. You know, we lost those three games. Okay. So if those three games, those three teams are better than us, are we conceding that Baylor is too? I don't think we need to do that. I don't think we should do that. I think now we come out and it's a close game, whatever the case and we either, we win or we lose close Fine, It is what it is. But if the game gets sideways quick, um, I'll be disappointed or if it gets sideways at all, I'll be disappointed because we were maybe we're not as good as what we thought we were, which is okay. That's still okay. But I just think that we need this is a game that the guys just need to come out and lay it on the line. The, the coach is included. Like I said, empty the playbook. Go find a win. Go get a win against a team that's more talented than you.
1: Right. Give your team the best chance to win. And if that's yes. getting really creative and play calling and lining up and attacking on defense, which is something that is paramount for this team, the second they get a little passive and go to zone, It drives me nuts because they just aren't Uh, very good at it. They're, they're, They're not very good at covering those underneath routes if the quarterback has time. And it's amazing to me to see what happens when Kansas State can successfully pressure quarterbacks how they melt down. We didn't see it early in the season. Brock Purdy operated at will. Spencer Rattler operated at will. And they put up big stats. Last week, Jared Dagey got pressure, was never comfortable, made silly throws, had some unfortunate bounces, and, you know, the second play of the game of the interception. And they got to the quarterback and rattled him. I don't know if they can do that with Bohannon, but, boy, they better line up and be ready to attack him while trying to keep him contained because if you miss him, he's gone.
3: Correct. Yeah, we got a lot of things to be concerned with on the defensive side of the football, but the first thing is tackle. Got to tackle, got to tackle, got to tackle, got to run to the ball, got to swarm, and then, you know, bring pressure. And like you said, just when we go to the zone, we're just not good at it, and it seems we could rush 100 guys. And if we're sitting back in the zone, it seems like there is always somebody open. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's I think it's just what you said. I just don't think that we're very good at it. Get pressure. Keep the guy under control. Keep him contained. I don't know if that means that you have Daniel Green be a spy. I, I don't know that you should do that this week. I, think, cause he, I don't know that that's his strength. In doing that, I think he needs to just pressure and, and go in and go hit somebody, you know, get to the ball and just have bad intentions. But whatever we need to do, I, I think it's um, I, I just think pressure. Don't let him run it. Number one. And then just pressure, just pressure. Make him make the throws. Like I mentioned before, I'm not sure he's as accurate of a, of a passer. At least I haven't seen that so far. I know he makes some plays, but I don't think he's as accurate as a passer when it has to be pinpoint precision. So play man, pressure him, see
1: what happens. 2012, week 11 of the college football season. Kansas State went to Baylor. Unbeaten, big dreams. Baylor's come to town. They don't have dreams of a college football playoff or championship, but they certainly do have a Big 12 title. Baylor won that game 52-24. Kansas State, can they pay him back? Brian, you think they'll get it done? I do. I do.
3: Fitz. I, I, it's going to be a hard fought, you know, grind. It, it's our football game is going to be our kind of football game. Just punch them in the mouth repeatedly over and over both sides. But I think it's going to come down to – I think it's going to come down they're going to make a mistake at the end of the game. I think we're going to get a big turnover. We're going to get a lead, a late lead, and they're going to have a turnover, and we're going to assault the game away that way. I believe that's what's going to happen. K-State wins. Tough game, but I think we pull it out at home.
1: And throw the ball to the tight end, please. It (laughs) works Absolutely. He's going to be open. He's going to be open. I know. Thank you very much, Brian Hanley. He is our football analyst, and he kicks butt at it, and we appreciate it very much after this break. You know, the transfer portal's been huge for Kansas State, and we caught up to one of the guys that came to K-State through the portal, Timmy Horn. The nose tackle for the Wildcats is next up on the Powercat pregame podcast, and after that, Ryan Gilbert and I will – convened to talk about the odds and who we think is going to win all around the Big 12. I'm Fitz and we'll be right back on the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company.
0: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame game Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com. Two segments are in the rearview mirror as we preview Kansas State and Baylor meeting at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. In just a moment, we will bring in Ryan Gilbert from the Go Cat staff to talk about the spread on this game and look at all the odds across the Big 12 conference as we give you a conference preview with the numbers that Vegas put out. But first, it's time for our interview segment. And Kansas State looked towards the transfer portal for a lot of help on defense. And one of the guys they found was a giant defensive tackle out of Charlotte named Timmy Horn. Now, when a player comes from a program like Charlotte, you kind of wonder how effective will he be? Well, even though he hadn't stepped on the field, Timmy Horn started winning hearts and minds in that locker room immediately. And the shocking development... Came out before the season, he had been elected by his teammates as a team captain. Imagine that, a guy that transfers in from another university and in a very short time becomes a team captain. Very impressive for Timmy, and he will be our interview segment in just one moment. At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company is the title sponsor of the Powercat pregame Podcast. Well, let's get into our interview with Timmy Horn, team captain, and start off with this. As someone who arrived on short notice and became a team captain, where does he find the confidence
4: to be such a strong, natural leader? The confidence, honestly, I I don't know. It's what I've been taught. I know my maturity for sure. Uh, I wasn't going to change up from the person I was once I came in.
1: I then ask him, how the heck did he end
4: up at K State? Well, for one, I knew like uh, our previous head coach, Coach Lambert at Charlotte, he had ties here, and our defense coordinator at the time, uh, Coach Wiley, he had uh, he came here, and I just know the uh, the family atmosphere here was uh, warming and welcoming for uh, for sure. And uh, just uh, also the recruiting process with it, once you get back in the portal. and I remember once I seen um, that Powercat logo on the Twitter DMs, I was like, wow, this is Kansas State, and it's uh, just one of the prestigious universities and stuff.
1: And a year later, how does he feel about his decision?
4: Uh, never, don't regret nothing in my life uh, about a decision. Uh, one thing for sure is um, it's, it's everything that I thought it was going to be. And just, just wearing this purple, seeing this purple every day, I made sure I took nothing for granted for sure.
1: Has he noticed a difference in the competition now that he's in the Big 12 Conference? And I thought this answer was pretty interesting.
4: It's no different because at the end of the day, college football is college football. Everybody can win or lose on any given Saturday. So uh, at the uh, G5 level, it was physical as as the uh, Power Five level.
1: Baylor loves to run the ball. He's a nose tackle in this three-man front. Is that something that he is eager to embrace for Saturday's game?
4: <laughs> I mean, is, is it any other Saturday? How have you? Just attack uh, the process as normal and uh, just try to uh, eliminate, make him one-dimensional, really try to eliminate uh, Devine for sure. But yeah, it's, it's probably a good thing for a nose tackle. You know you're getting a lot of double teams that you come your way.
1: And finally, because of that running game, does he expect double teams coming at him from the offensive
4: line? And is that something he enjoys taking on? (laughs) I mean, it's part of the game. Mm -hmm. But I signed up for this position. You got to be different to play defensive tackle.
1: And now we welcome in our own Ryan Gilbert to talk about the betting lines for this weekend's Big 12 games. Coming down the home stretch here of the the season, Ryan, I, I don't know what the hell happened. We were just starting football. Like last week. Mm -hmm. And now we're 10 games in, two games to go, and a full slate of games around the conference. And the one that intrigues me the most is the game I want to watch the least. Does that make sense? Texas and West Virginia. Really? You'd rather watch Kansas
5: play TCU? Oh.
1: (laughs) Okay. You proved me wrong there. (laughs) But I have no desire to watch this game, but I'm intrigued to see how it comes out. All of a sudden, Texas is a two and a half point underdog at West Virginia. I take that. I, I think Texas is done. Well, if you take that, wouldn't you want to watch them lose? I think a lot of people have some satisfaction watching
5: the Longhorns lose, don't they?
1: It's a funny thing. I mean, it's fun to watch. people always talked about Notre Dame's great TV ratings and now Texas. And part of it is exactly that. You get some, what is it, schadenfreude, where you enjoy watching someone suffer? Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't really. Find Texas interesting, but boy, I had a blast watching KU win. I I know that runs against your genetic coding, but (laughs) that's how much I I despise Texas right now. I just had a blast. I hope they lose. I hope they're worthless when Kansas State goes in there next Friday for the season-ending game because that could get K-State a 9-1 season if they can take care of business. Do you think West Virginia wins? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. I think it's
5: either bet on West Virginia or don't touch it. You cannot put your money on Texas with how that program is right now. Right.
1: I I don't even know what's going on there. They, they had a question asked at the press conference this week. I don't even know what was going on with the question. I have no idea. Did you hear it? Oh, my gosh! It was amazing! I don't even want to recap it. I'm sorry I brought it up i need it. I need a recap well it's I don't even know what it was about because, um, I couldn't make it all the way through. That's how uncomfortable oh. I got. Mm-hmm. It was a fanboy asking a question at a press conference and just draping Sark in compliments just oh, how like about
5: a, like a minute long question, yeah, yeah, I saw that
1: about how great they were, and mm-hmm. that was crazy. <laughs> Dude, they're 4 and 6 at Texas. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. KU plus 21 versus TCU. Um TCU is surely going to win by 3. I don't know what to think of this. Well, how much was Texas last week and how much was KU? And Texas was 30 last week. But I mean, how Favorite. much how much were they bad and oh, KU okay. good? I mean, Kansas
5: has shown good things this year. I like, Oklahoma and Daniels. And
1: I like him. I think yeah. he's good. I, if he goes in the transfer portal, he's going to get snapped up. I, don't, I hope, hope for Kansas he doesn't, but, I mean, that's a reality. I guess I would take KU on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll be competitive. I don't know. You can't just go down to Fort Worth and kill Jerry Kill. Mm-hmm. The only the <laughs> only
5: thing you're works. concerned about is a little hangover from From that win against Texas and Austin. But these are these are the two worst teams in the Big Twelve at covering spread, so it's not like you're going up against the odds betting on TCU. So I don't know if I've said this all year long. I don't think I have. I'm gonna have to go with Kansas. Wow. That's I can't believe I'm saying it.
1: (laughs) I don't even know you anymore. Um, Iowa State and Oklahoma, Oklahoma's three and a half point favorite in Norman, did Baylor crack the code on Oklahoma. Did they show the way how to beat them? I just thought Baylor played excellent. I thought Baylor was really good against Oklahoma last week in that win. Iowa State is struggling. Oklahoma lost. They both lost last week. Boy, the context of this game changed a lot. Mm -hmm. What what do you feel about this game?
5: I think Oklahoma is more of a a top 15, top 20 team in the nation. They were never a top 10 team, and most, you know, most teams know that, and they got exposed, but it's not like they're going to lose every game from here on out, including a bowl game or the Big 12 title game, if they make it. I think Oklahoma is still a quality program, and you look at both of these schools, what's Iowa State playing for now? I mean, is there a mathematical chance they can make it in the Big 12 title game? Well, Matt Campbell,
1: so. Matt Campbell said they're playing to become the best versions <laughs> yeah. of themselves. Yeah, I did see that interview question. I got a little lost in that answer. Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to sound Snyder esque and basically said winning isn't important to me, just earning merit badges like Boy Scouts is. As long as you had fun doing it, doesn't matter if you win or lose, right? Yeah, that that's great. Not for a coach getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> I would be upset if I was an Iowa State fan. I heard my coach mm-hmm. basically say Big Twelve Championship was never my my goal. Oh really? That's, well, I think it was disingenuous.
5: When I first heard him say that, I thought he was going to go out and say national championship is our right. goal. But then he went the complete opposite direction on that. But
1: like, Don't, don't blame me for all the losses. I never thought we'd win. Mm-hmm. What? That, what are you talking about, man? Well, this was supposed to be the season, and it hasn't been. They've never had the season. Don't. But with this game.
5: This opened at 8.5 points, I believe, it's and now crazy. it's down to 3.5. So, fade the public all the way here on
1: top of the reasons I just mentioned. I think Oklahoma's program's in a better state right now. Yeah, I that's a bunch of outsiders thinking Oklahoma's trash based mm-hmm. on last weekend because they don't realize how good Baylor is. Baylor is really good. Oklahoma State goes to Tech, a night game. Oklahoma State's favored by 10.5. I feel like Oklahoma State is the best team in the conference as we sit here right now. This feels sketchy. This feels like a trap in Lubbock. It just does to me. I don't they beat him before at night down there. What do you think? I don't think it's much of a trap. I mean, I get what you're saying, but
5: what Oklahoma State last weekend was only favored by, I don't know, 13 against TCU, and they won by like forty or fifty. So Oklahoma State's playing its best football of the season right now. Right. I think most people would agree on that. And I didn't know this until I looked at the numbers. Oklahoma State has covered every spread in the Big 12. They, they lost their first two games against the spread, but then they've covered ever 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 since then. Wow. So, I mean, if you're just going to go based off of those numbers, why not, you know, bet on them? It's like KU betting against them until they can cover. Until Oklahoma State doesn't cover, put your
1: money on them. You know how weird it gets at Lubbock at night. Do you have any idea? Do the tortillas glow in the dark? Well, I can't talk about it, what everything that goes on, because this is a family podcast. <laughs> it just gets weird. You learn a bunch of things about your family tree. It's a rather rowdy crowd. That That one is going to be fun to watch, but not nearly as the one that takes place in Manhattan. I want to remind people once again, it's a 4.30 kickoff. I know you've never shown up for a game at 4.30, at least that I can recall. What a weird time. I mean, it's going to be getting dark as the... I mean, it's weird. It's turned into a pick'em. K-State opened as a favorite. I'm stunned by all of that. Mm-hmm. I think Baylor's about a three-point favorite in this game if I was setting the, the line. I, I don't understand how K-State opened as a favorite. Baylor's coming off a win over Oklahoma. I, I didn't get it at all. What are yeah. your thoughts on this game?
5: You know what? I always am a believer that Vegas knows something mm-hmm. that, that the average person, including me and you, don't know. But absolutely, you know Baylor only has two wins on the road this whole season. One was against, I think, Texas State or some small school in Texas in Kansas. So
1: really, that's, that's yeah, that's that's interesting info, and that's probably exactly so what so. Their, looking their at.
5: road struggles are definitely a, a big reason behind that. But I think if you look at the talent you know, simply talent and little X's and O's and stuff like that. I think Baylor is probably the better team, but they're a warm weather, you know, team hosting a cold weather team is Kansas state. So that's a plus for K state. And I talked about Oklahoma state and think K state's probably second behind them as far as playing its best football of the season. So I see both sides to this one fits. I really do, but I'm going to have to go Baylor. I think K state's going to come back down to earth at some point. Is this the game? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, Baylor should be favored by a touchdown, at least in this game. I I just don't get how
1: Kansas State was initially favored. It doesn't make any sense to me. I I didn't either. It's supposed to be 61 a high on Saturday here in Manhattan. So, What about when it gets dark? It will. It will. (laughs) And you tripped into one of the things that I I truly believe in is when a warm-weather school, players that practice in warm weather have to come north and play in a colder game, and 50 degrees at night can feel that way to those kids. They turn their pads. They don't want contact. You see it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an interesting point.
5: Look um, at the Packers last weekend against the Seahawks. Seattle didn't score any points up in the snow.
1: Yeah. You want to know why? Because they're not used to it. Because the tundra was frozen. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the way it is in in Green Bay in the summer. So you think uh, K-State or Baylor wins this game? I have Baylor. You do? I don't blame you for that. I haven't really decided on what I'm doing. I'll, I'll post my five keys to victory later in the week. I'll do my on-the-line actual picks on the spread for the whole Big 12. I haven't decided what I'm doing. It's my heart and my head are battling. Mm-hmm. It's and a, tough. It's and very Unfortunately, tough. I don't know which one's got which side. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I <laughs> feel like Baylor's a better team, but my head, to, i just got a feeling about this K-State team. They found themselves on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll find out really you gotta really find well. a way to get a big player to on this Baylor defense. You do. You, you to absolutely do, because they're gonna get a player or two on you. Yeah. They really will. Ryan, thank you very <laughs> much, man. Thank you. Well, we've had Ryan Wallace, Brian Hanley, and now Ryan Gilbert help us preview Kansas State's game with Baylor at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday, kicking off at four thirty PM. As I have mentioned a few times, this is an enormous game. For both programs, the winner will continue to elevate their standing in the Big 12 while the loser will have their momentum slowed down as they head into the final week of the season. Texas awaits Kansas State next week down in Austin on Friday. But first, the Wildcats standing at seven and three on the season and four and three in conference play must cast-aside Baylor if the Wildcats want to finish as high as third in the Big 12 final standings. So much needs to still take place during this football season, even though we've got 10 of the 12 regular season games now behind us. I appreciate you listening to the Powercat pregame podcast. Once again, please subscribe to our podcast at Apple or Spotify or Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're subscribing so it's always available and in your inbox. Kansas State and number 11 Baylor, Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 430 p.m. right here in Manhattan, Kansas on Saturday. I'm Fitz, and I will see you at the Bill.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer.
1: You collect rewards, right?
0: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something of Tracker.
3: You strong swimmer? So so. So so. So so's okay.
0: Justin Hartley stars. How you survive? You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.